Team Talk on 1017 The Team. And good afternoon. Welcome to Team Talk 1017 The Team. I'm Joe O'Neill. That is Sam Hauser. And uh, we previewed in detail last night's game between New Mexico and Nevada. And we said it would be competitive. Maybe we'd get a little bit wild. And all that was uh, actually an understatement because... Uh, first and foremost, we also reminded you to enjoy what is going on with this Lobo basketball team and the season. And, uh, you know, last night there was uh, 11 games left. Now we've got 10 games left. Uh, but, man, between Friday night getting treated to an unbelievable game and five minutes of bonus hoops, last night treated to an unbelievable game and 10 minutes of uh, extra hoops, um, man! Uh, what what an enjoyable night. We are going to totally get into the uh, five second call. If you've got any thoughts on the game, we also we've we've chatted with officials. Uh, we're trying to you know get more detail on the whole situation with the flagrant one on Udeze and the timing of that call uh, after Coach Richard Patino had had called a timeout. Um, but if you've got any thoughts on last night's game, 505-994-1017. I will tell you this, Sam, um, just like Ali and Frazier, okay, this rematch here between the Lobos and and Nevada, it's going to be on February 7th at 8.30 in the pit, obviously. Uh, you better get your tickets now. Because if the UNLV game sold out a week in advance, I'm telling you what. I think every game the rest of the year, including Friday night's game at 8 o'clock against Air Force, is going to be nearly a sellout. But this one will sell out early, okay? Your thoughts on just the the, the game and, and uh, your enjoyment of that, and then uh, we'll get into the five-second call in the Morris Udizi situation. Well, even before last night, uh, Steve Alford and Craig Neal haven't been here since before COVID. So even before last night, everybody's, point. everybody's chomping at the bit to go get them and, and welcome them back into the pit again or however, to each their own, how you want to welcome them back into the pit. It's been long enough anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's why it was such an aberration that the Vikings were 11-0 and in one-score games because most teams aren't that lucky. And yeah, to your point, even if you would have just said, before, regardless of what the results were, even if you would have just said that these games... We're going to play out the way that they did. You know, for Boise State, the largest lead was eight. Last night, I think it was five. You can't ask for any more than that. Outside of the Lobos just winning every game, going undefeated and winning the national championship. But just as a college basketball fan, which I know you are to the nth degree, this is heaven. Yeah, it is. That's why I'm saying I'm just uh, enjoying it. That would have been... It was not a bad loss for New Mexico. I mean, I know there's, you know, we look at their net and all those, what is it, quad one games or whatever? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the the net rankings, the quad one wins, and they actually went up a spot in Ken Palm for losing. For losing, but it would have actually been kind of a monumental win, uh, especially on the heels of their last road game at San Diego State. Uh, That back-to-back success on the road has not happened around here in a long time against those quality opponents, but they fell short, all right? So everybody wants to talk about the two things, the um, the five-second call against the Lobos with them up five with a minute seven to go, and then what? T- and that was the end of the first overtime, and then the Udeze uh, situation. 
Um, let's dive into the uh, five-second call, okay? First and foremost, it was not five seconds, okay? Most certainly okay. was not. So before we start, you know, talking about what play they ran and this, that, or the other, we sat here, like, reviewing the tape, all right? And we were even a little bit generous, and it was still less than five seconds. Uh Jalen House was not holding the ball when they called the five-second count. He had already thrown it in, and it was on its way to Josiah Alec when the five-second call uh, was made. And, you know, so obviously if he had gotten the full five-second, the ball would have been inbounded. We don't know what would have happened otherwise. But um, that was something that was a, a critical play. We still don't know. Even if the Lobos had gotten it in and gotten fouled and gone up seven with a minute seven to go, that's no assurance they're going to win the game. But it certainly raises the likelihood or the probability of they win if they're able to just even get the ball in bounds. Because Nevada was faced with the decision, do we let New Mexico work the clock down to 50 seconds, uh, which they could have done, or uh, and and then take our chances in the last 50 seconds, or do you start fouling right away? And uh, that ball was going into Josiah Alec, which I w- wouldn't be the first guy that I would be throwing it into, but uh, you know that Nevada would have would more than likely fouled and stretched the game out. Instead, we get the five-second call, still a five-point lead, and a, a chance to get back on defense and, and get everything set up. But, uh, you know, give Nevada credit uh, along the way. Um, they took advantage of that, and... Um, this uh, the, uh, Darion Williams hit a, hit a three from the corner that was was pretty filthy there, Sam. I mean, clutch as you can get, uh, and you know now we got ourselves a game. Basketball, God's got jokes, man, and it's not just basketball; it's every sport, but especially in basketball because of how many possessions there are. Everybody's going up and down the floor, whatever the numbers on it might be. It feels like it's more often than not when there's a play that goes against your team. The other team just makes a three on the other end. Something in the something in the universe pushes that ball so it's on the right trajectory towards the net. Because yeah, I mean, clutch three. That I'm sure they're I'm sure they were watching that play on loop on social media all night because that's just how it goes. Bad call one end, clutch three on the other on the other end completely flips the game. All right. So anyway, the go the game goes into a double overtime and um in the closing seconds of double overtime. Well, even before that, remember. Okay. Uh, Lobo's still up two, and then unfortunately, after the whole thing with the five seconds, another possession goes down and a shot clock violation. Yeah, man, um, I, I, you know, I don't know if that was the exact strategy to try to milk the entire clock, but you know, the closer you get to the end of the shot clock, you know, the the defense is closing in, and they know that you know, like you're about to take a shot, which you know, seconds earlier, five, you know, they don't know exactly what you're trying to do, but when they the clock is on their side, uh, you know, so you know the the Lobos who had many many good possessions uh, on that possession, uh, a disaster, a shot clock violation, uh, and then um, you know their the Lucas guy gets fouled by House and converts a couple of free throws and. Uh, we have ourselves an, another tie game. Well, I only bring it up just because it speaks to the whole series of events. How many things had to happen? I mean, it was like when I'm we- sorry. Actually, Blackshear hit a, hit a jumper to tie the game. I I was th- I, I, no Blackshear hit a jumper to tie the game, not the free throws by Lucas. Go ahead. 
But yeah, and, and those happened a little bit later on. There were free throws all over the place. But the just the sequence of events that had to happen, it was like when we were watching the Steelers at the end of the season. Okay, they have to win, and then this team has to lose here, and then this team has to lose here. When you're doing these playoff scenarios at the end of a season, how many things had to happen exactly when they did, exactly what order they happened in to get us to the play that everybody wants to talk about even in the first place. It's just it, it's the story of the game as much as the way it ended. All right, so... Uh Game's tied at 94. Uh, Udeze gets a really good defensive rebound in traffic. That was big boy ball. And uh, Nevada is aggressively going after him like you see players do when a post gets you know a, a rebound. You know, uh, and on numerous occasions uh, we're, we're, we're fouling him, slapping him the whole nine yards. I mean, overly aggressive that it's not part of the game of basketball. It's slop, okay? The, the official in that, at that point, uh, you know, veteran officials, which they had, uh, you got to make a call and you got to kind of do, do your job. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and make the call. You blow the whistle and nobody would have argued that, you know, hey, they shouldn't have called a foul on those Nevada guys, you know, for hacking the heck out of Udaisy. And, um, you know, then, but since they didn't call it, uh, Udeze, uh, Morris Udeze, you know, throws an outlet pass. Uh, the Lobos, you know, got some room. And just from a uh, strategic standpoint, uh, the Lobos call a timeout there like you would normally do for a last second shot opportunity. Okay. Plus, it was so chaotic, you know, down at that other end. And I will say this, Coach Richard Patino, you could see on the video, um, was asking for a timeout like he had saved Javante Johnson on the Udacy miss free throw. I'm going around. But they had, they had been really good at helping guys on the court out that were in situations by calling timeout. I think Coach Patino was trying to do that when Morris had the ball, didn't get it, they played on. But the irony was because it then became a dead ball, then you had the opportunity for you know the review and all the things that turned out afterwards. It doesn't change anything after the fact, and I know Lobo fans are, are, are salty, as they should be, and it's going to make that rematch all the more interesting. But just even as you talk about it, I mean, veteran officials, where you kind of have to know your role in that spot. You have to know where you stand as an official, and the bottom line is it's all or nothing there. You either call... Both, and if you can't, because in that case you can't, you can't go back and say it was a common foul against Morris. Then you got to let it go. Well, uh, you, you 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 mean you can't review Nevada the 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 the, uh, the yeah, Nevada um, asked for the re- the review as they should. I'm just talking about you know, go beyond the, you know the, the textbook says that they follow the protocol. The textbook says it was a flagrant one on on Morris Udeze, and we move on. But as veteran officials, I'm saying you got to understand the moment of a game. And no, you see, you can't. You can't. Uh, it, it, this you comes up, up a lot of times. One. You know that that's like I the, the not calling the foul is not a correctable error. Okay, that. But going back to the irony of the timeout giving them a chance to look at that. So I I did some research on this, and we talked to a, a couple of officials that know what they're talking about, and they said that uh, as long as there was a dead ball between that point and the end of the game, then Nevada, they, they would have reviewed it, okay? Now, hypothetically, if New Mexico doesn't call a timeout, 
like uh, works the clock till the final literally seconds, shoots a ball, and it releases from their hand. The clock goes off. It goes in. No reversible, no review, nothing, because the game's over, no dead ball situation. If anything else had happened, a, a guy deflects the ball out of bounds, so on and so forth, you get a dead ball, and then what inevitably was going to happen was going to be the flagrant one on Udeze. I don't think there was any question that that was going to be the result of this. Uh, it was just ironic, the timing, because not only did it take the ball away from New Mexico, it gives Nevada two free throws. And the ball. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Lobo fans are ticked off about that. And it could have all been avoided by, you know, the officials giving a little bit, you know, that that whistle there when they're all over Udeze. Uh, a quick tweet, and we play on. And I guarantee you, as that official was going to the scorer's table, he's not going to get any guff at all from, from Alford. Uh, because, I mean, they were all over him, you know? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is I mean, you created an unfair advantage when you're supposed to be the arbiter of the game. But really, it speaks to the much bigger picture that we gripe about every time there's a big play, a big penalty in a pivotal game. And you can go back, you know, however many of these, ha- these uh, we've had uh, the anniversary was not that long ago of that Saints-Rams playoff game with Nikel Roby Coleman comes in and elbows a wide receiver, and we're on here the next day talking about, was that pass interference? You know, what are we doing with pass interference? It's 2023, and we're still picking and choosing what we do and don't review. Well, yeah, and it's not going to change. Um, so let's also make sure, uh, we said that this at the beginning, I mean, uh, it, an incredibly enjoyable game to watch, and people will say the defense has stunk because, you know, the in the first half, uh, New Mexico is shooting 55% from the field and Nevada is shooting 52% from the field. Uh, I just thought the, the flow of the game was, was really good. There wasn't a lot of bog down on fouls and all this other stuff. And guys were just going off. I mean, uh, no, good Nevada's players. ball movement was spectacular. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, the Lobos had, you know, uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr., you know, answering every single uh, situation there in the first half. Um, you know, he ends the first half with 13 points, but, you know, contributions for pretty much everybody there um, in that first half. And uh, so, so uh, again, you know, when we talk about great performances this season, Jalen House's performance against San Diego State is definitely like the one that comes to mind off the top of my head, even though Udeze's had some really, really good games um, and also uh, Mashburn. But the game Mashburn had last night in front of a, te- a national televised audience, man, uh, he he got a lot of, you, you know, there's nothing you could do but say, boy, that guy is fantastic. And that's why it's so fun watching him and House play at the same time in the backcourt because... Uh, and they even brought it up on the broadcast last night, going back to uh, going back to the San Diego State game when Coach Richard Pitino in the post game talking about Jalen House like a wrestling character, and you know when he's on the road and these fans are booing him, and they're doing the same thing to both those guys. But Mashburn is just so locked in; it's just straight looking up at the at the basket. It's onto the next possession. I mean, they, they both the productivity is is the same, but how they handle it is so night and day. It's just so entertaining to watch. I, I'm sure he did because the numbers, the, the box score literally says that he did not have a perfect night. But if you were to ask me right now, point out when in the game he missed a mid-range jumper, I could not tell you right now. It was few and far between. On a couple of occasions, he even got some nice favorable feathery touch bounces there. It was 
Uh, it was his show there for a while, and it wasn't like he was doing that to the detriment of his teammates nope, at all. the opposite. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody uh, just seemed to be you know, getting their stuff in. And uh, the minutes these guys played, including Josiah Alec, uh, almost you know forty eight minutes that like that's unheard of. Um, and at the end of the game, didn't look like he was you know much you know he's still ready to go. I mean the, the guy uh, you know played a great game. I thought I just thought the team played a great game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna end the segment with this because um, I was reading you know Coach Richard Patino's comments after the game about uh, you know what 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 his thoughts were and his like. Hey, one way or the other, we, we've got to kind of forget about this and move on. And there are now 10 conference games left. They play on Friday night. It seems like everything is so encapsulated like the, the day after a game. There's so much emotion attached to it. We saw it, I remember a couple of years ago when Utah State came to town. I think they might have been ranked, and there was a controversial call at midcourt. Uh, and this was uh, like under the, uh, it was back in the Paul Weir days. Yeah, it was and it's uh, like. Uh, it was uh, Anthony Mathis and Vance Jackson and over and backward. Vance Jackson's trying to do like on the on the baseline out of bounds. He's trying to throw the ball back while he's in midair, and they call an over and back. And Utah State makes a three on the next same again because that's just how it goes. They make a three on the next possession that I and I forget if it either sent it to overtime or it, or it may have been a walk off winner. But yeah, that's just that's the story. It, it seems like this is like, but the, this. Will like you know will be uh, there will be big stories coming up and as I mentioned that's the beauty of college hoops is we got another one coming up here in uh, a few more nights and the games at home and the fact that we know we have the rematch coming up with Nevada on February seventh at eight thirty um, I mean uh, that that in itself you know is, is something to look forward to we've got a bunch of time between now and then but you know going back to coach Richard Patino's quote and by the way uh, he has got to be so endearing to Lobo fans the, the way that he fights like tooth and nail for his team at the right moments you you don't see him jumping up and down throughout the game stomping his feet okay but w- when he feels that uh, his team is is getting an unfair whistle or anything, you know, he's going to be the first one uh, to let them know. I mean, it, it, and, uh, you know, there's an art to that, to, to knowing when is the right time. And like I said, veteran crew, if you nitpick with them, you know, it's usually not a good thing, but, uh, you know, he, he maintained his composure throughout with some pretty difficult calls, like you said, uh, but when it was time to, like, lay into him like he did, uh, you, you know, you saw the passion uh, in that uh, in Coach Richard Patino. Okay, here was Patino after the game saying, we put ourselves in a lot of positions to win the game. We just didn't. We can't get too emotional about it, and we need to give them a lot of credit for how they played. Again, man, giving the opponent credit like total high road class. We have a lot of great opportunities ahead of us in this conference starting Friday with Air Force. Boom. Uh, You know, that's, that's the way he is.